You are listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. This is Pharmacy Crossroads with your host, community pharmacy business veteran, the road trip guy, Bruce Leland. Community pharmacy is at a crossroads. Pharmacy owners across the country are evolving their pharmacy businesses and making a bigger impact on their communities. Bruce talks with the most innovative community pharmacy owners, pharmacy industry experts, and people who are passionate about the business of pharmacy and its impact on community healthcare. Pharmacy Crossroads is a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. And now, here's our host, Bruce Neeland. Well, hello, everybody. This is Bruce Neeland, and I have an opportunity to present to you another episode of Pharmacy Crossroads. I'm proud to say, as I begin this episode, that it is my 20th Pharmacy Crossroads podcast, and I'm excited to be able to introduce to you today two amazing people in the pharmacy world. Uh, First of all, we are interviewing primarily Dennis Song, who is the owner of Flower Mound Pharmacy in Flower Mound, Texas. Um, I had the privilege of living in Flower Mound, although it was long enough ago that Dennis didn't have his pharmacy. And it was a real joy to be able to visit him in that town where I actually had three of my five children graduate from high school. We also have with us Vince Leonard, who with uh, Liberty Software, uh, one of the more prominent of the pharmacy software companies in the industry, who was kind enough to sponsor the road trip, which will be the background for the interview we do with Dennis today. Um, I was able to take, thanks to the to the sponsorship of Liberty Software, a four-store road trip from Dallas, Texas to Charlotte early in October of this year. And um, we're get, Dennis was the leadoff hitter on that uh, trip, and we're going to chat with him today a little bit about what makes his pharmacy unique. And so, Dennis, first of all, tell us just a little bit more about yourself, Flower Mound Pharmacy, and I guess you ought to throw in the name change. Well, thanks, Bruce. First of all, I'm kind of a pharmacy nerd. I've, I've wanted to be a pharmacist since I was in the fifth grade. Uh, my uncle owned a pharmacy. Her, uh, my uncle and my aunt owned a pharmacy in L.A. And I remember hanging around the drugstore, ringing the register, and I saw what he did. And so, since the fifth grade, I've been wanted. To, that's all I wanted to be was a pharmacist. Um, I worked, um, I graduated from University of Texas in 1982, uh, worked a very, well, say 17 years for a local grocery store chain, Tom Thumb Pharmacy. And um, it happened to be, I really never wanted to be an independent, but the opportunity came where an independent moved in right next door to Tom Thumb. Uh, the owner retired, sold to another big chain, and he had everything in the, in the, um, all set up from the fixtures to the computer systems, the phones, to the lease. And he called me probably for a good six months. Uh, I finally said, okay, I'll meet with you. And and he he showed me everything that, um, uh, that he was doing. He was doing compounding. uh, And I just kind of fell in love. I said, I've always had, you know, kind of a drive toward the, the relationship between nutrition, diet, working in a grocery store pharmacy, and the prescriptions they took. So I always had that that desire for more of the integrative nutritional side of, of healthcare. 
Well, that's great. So Vince, uh, tell us a little bit more about what you do with Liberty, and then we'll dig in a little deeper on Dennis. Sure, that sounds good. Uh, yep, I'm the Director of Business Development here at Liberty Software. Uh, my main role is to help Liberty grow and be quite frank and on the sales and marketing side. Um, a little bit about my background. Um, I have been in the pharmacy industry for going on 16 years now. I have a long-term care, compounding, and retail background there. Um, not like Dennis, though. I've never owned a pharmacy. But like Dennis, um, when he mentioned he wanted to be a pharmacist as a kid, I always wanted to, to be an engineer. And so I went to Texas A&M Engineering School in the military. And then here I am today, you know, in, in sales, uh, in more of a sales role in that regards. Uh, just a fun fact about being in the military. Uh, this is back in the day before 9-11. Um, I had the awesome opportunity to fly in, in a Huey helicopter strapped in with the door open and we flew all around the Capitol building, the Washington Monument, spent about three hours in the air. And it was just a fun, fun trip, just seeing all the monuments from that. Well, and when I mean circle the monument, I meant below the height of it and around. It was really cool. Uh, don't can't do that anymore uh, these days. So. Good grief. That's, that's incredible. My one helicopter ride was from Long Bend, South Vietnam to Saigon. And, and uh, that was a wonderful trip, too, because I was coming home. So, oh, there you go. Nice. so Dennis, um, yes. you opened your pharmacy, what, about 20 years ago? It's a little shy of 25 years. Uh, okay. 1998. So, when you opened, you certainly started with a different footprint than you had in the grocery store pharmacy. You've mentioned your interest in diet, nutrition, that kind of stuff. Was was that on the plate from day one? Or what, what, what did you just think you were going to do that was going to be new and different and attract people to your operation? Well, Bruce, that's a good point, because where I'm located is in a suburban area, uh, we've grown to about 250,000 people in uh, the three cities of Flower Mound, Louisville, and Highland Village. Back 25 years ago, that might have been 100,000. But in that 100,000 five-mile radius, there was a, probably 15 pharmacies. So I knew that um, I had to come up with a niche. And I thought, uh, I almost thought this in the back of my mind. Wouldn't it be kind of cool to have a health food store and, and a pharmacy inside of it? So that's the kind of the concept that I had. And it kind of blossomed out to more alternative medicine uh, or integrative medicine, whether it's homeopathy or, or chiropractic or functional medicine, um, just to integrate all these, these modalities, these, these treatment approaches and centered around the pharmacy as being the hub. Um, because, you know, pharmacists are, are very highly respected. And yeah, I thought this would be a good bridge for Western or allopathic medicine and the, the more of the alternative integrated medicine. And uh, uh, it took a while to get going, didn't it? It did. It did. I was always told it takes five years to, uh, to, to turn a profit. And I, thought, I said, I can do that in three years. Um, again, the, the, the key was diversity. You had to diversify and just not, to, you know, they talk about the three-legged stool. I had like a four or five-legged stool. Uh, prescriptions was one of the, the, the legs. Uh, compounding was a big one. This independent was um, one of the only compounders in, in the area. So, and I didn't realize how big of a stool of a leg that was on the stool. Of course, the supplements, 
And then the education part, the, which includes diabetes classes, nutritional consults, uh, in-store clinical testing like blood sugar, A1Cs, and, and cholesterol. So, you know, it was, but it was all focused around the patient. And so it, we really, I know it's a cliche but uh, term, but it's, we're a patient-focused uh, pharmacy. And that yeah. includes the revenue streams, too. Well, and we'll get into more of that later. But Vince, I kind of want to ask you, so as a software provider, you get to meet a number of pharmacists who are doing interesting things. And, and I know you as a company scramble to support them. So, um, you know, Dennis is involved in immunizations and compounding and, and nutritional supplements and patient consultation. What are you doing as a software provider to help Dennis and, and pharmacists like Dennis be able to practice uh, a more advanced form of pharmacy? Sure. I, I think um, Dennis, Dennis just mentioned that um, be more patient focused. I think that's the role to go. I think COVID's told us that uh, or taught that to many pharmacists um, last year. So, you know, from a platform perspective, um, I'm going to pick up with something that you just said there, Dennis, that the you said the pharmacy platform is like the hub of your pharmacy operations. And we have um, worked our platform to be kind of take that focus. Um, we've rolled out a lot of new features to help support Dennis's efforts, along with a lot of the other pharmacists. We have our e-care plans. We actually have templates now for our e-care plans that speed up documenting the wellness plans, and then you can submit them with the CPSN uh, format. The immunizations that we, yeah, uh, Bruce, you were spot on. We were literally doing nothing but immunization coding there as, as the CDC rolled out their guidelines and their requirements, what needed to be captured, what not. We were just, we felt like we're glued to the news and then our contacts and, and knowing what we needed to code for. So, um, and here we are today, right? So we got a really nice immunization feature and it's just not for COVID, be for any type of immunization but we can set up um, a dose scheduler, especially for multiple doses, where the second dose can actually be in the filling cube. We have immunization templates where essentially you can predefine the data elements that you need to process for that COVID or, you know, Shingrix vaccine, say, for example, you can predefine all that, pick the patient that needs that uh, immunization, pick the template for that immunization, and literally it fills everything out and you just hit it fill. So it really speeds up the process there in, in that regards. We have, um, if pharmacies like to do a shot clinic, and or let's say on Tuesdays and Thursday, we have a patient-facing scheduling page that directly integrates with our platform, you know, so that way they can say, I need to do Tuesday at two o'clock's fine. They, they can see the demand in the pharmacy system says, okay, I got this whole um, say next Tuesday's all filled up. I need to make sure I have plenty of uh, COVID vet shots or whatever the case may be. And then after that, we have uh, patient messaging for them as well around immunizations to make sure your appointment's coming up, you know, along with regular texting, email, and voice. Um, and then we also have an administration queue. So um, all, whole point to all how we developed our feature for immunizations was like Dennis, like Max Caldwell, and the other folks that you visit, they all run their pharmacies a little different. So our charge is, you know, is to have a platform that allows it to be customizable to help meet their needs in that regards. So well, I remember either you or Dennis talking about something that you call the single pane of glass. And uh, mm -hmm. the implication, as I recall, was is that, you know, the essential information you need to do this and other things is all kind of on one one uh, page. Is that tell me about that? 
Yeah, so the single pane of glass concept is uh, Liberty is really, um, that's kind of like our approach to the way we develop our platform. And the way we define that, um, Bruce, is that you know, we learned a long time ago that pharmacists, and as the industry changes, they don't like keep having to go to different software platforms, right? So do go to a platform to schedule immunization, go to a platform to report your immunization, uh, nutrient depletion, we have plugins for that. So what Liberty's trying to do is, instead of the pharmacist staff having to go to another platform, come back to the pharmacy system, because they're always in it, um, and worried about the interface with that, what the single pane of glass is, you literally have everything here in one platform. Um, for them to have so they could stay in the platform and then use the, the platform systems um, and what the computer does best to keep track of details to help them do their job easier. So when we define that, that's what we mean. So you don't have to bounce out and you know use different platforms. It reduces their cost, obviously, and I think time as well because it takes more time to work with it. Oh, wait a minute, I got to go to this platform. Wait, I got to come back to this where it's all in one system. That's what that's how we look at it, the single pane of glass. I don't know, Dennis, if you have any comments. Yeah, on that. yeah, yeah. Uh, um, if I can kind of add to that a little bit, um, kind of what uh, Vincent said about the immunizations and the the, the travel clinics. Well, we were doing that 25 years ago. Um, we were established as the immunization pharmacy and I was immunization pharmacist. We went to the, the schools, went to private businesses. We started with my with the service organizations like Rotary that I belong to. Um, and from that, we sm went to the small businesses. But we use that single plane of glass concept from scheduling to billing. Uh, it was uh, it was all kind of self-contained. The single pane of glass also pertains to um, EMR, electronic medical records that the physicians and providers use. If they have to go out of their 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 software, their application, they they won't. It's got to be in their workflow. It's got to be seamless. They can't toggle back and forth, or they can, but but that just doesn't work. And that's that's what Liberty has helped me with uh, with the immunizations. And we didn't mention this, but communication with the physician because. You think about how we communicate, how we did communicate with the physicians. It was by phone. We got to know them. Now, electronically, we don't. Um, so I think that's very important that we establish, keep that relationship with the physicians. But we also have a commonality with our with our technology platform. So now that the, the, the pharmacy systems like Liberty can interface with some of the e-care plans, some of the EMR uh, electronic health records, the, basically the software the physicians use, it, we, we keep that line of communication going and the relationship very strong. Well, and, and you know that does lead into this next thing that I wanted to, to ask about. I'm, I'm not sure whether it fits exactly into this thing, but, but I know when we visited you, you took some time and showed me the processes that, that you went through in order to do your patient consultation. And uh, you have SOAP notes that are set up. And I'm sorry, I can't remember what the acronym SOAP notes stands for, but uh, it's your plan of action. You have uh, letters that you produce for summarizing what has been accomplished and share with the physician and the patient as you create a care plan for them. Tell, tell, our, tell our listeners just a little bit about that back-end process that professionalizes your consulting service. And, you know, when we're done with that, I'll ask how you manage to get people to pay for it. So Sure, sure. Well, let me back up a little bit. Uh, I want to give... Um, 
kind of a shout out to my my state association, the Texas Pharmacy Association, because that's where I really got um, kind of energized and had kind of had an epiphany about, well, pharmacists used to be dispensers, and you, it's very cliche to say that, but but we kind of still are. We're trying to evolve, uh, the professions is evolving into more of a, a clinician or practitioner. But in order to be accepted by the, the medical community, we have to be able to, to interact with them on their level. And a soap note, a care plan, those are all things I learned from um, my state association. Every state has one. But that's what got me kind of motivated years and years before I opened the pharmacy to, to these ideas. I wanted to implement them. So it's basically we look at just basic counseling of a patient, but we don't counsel. Uh, we don't really counsel. We counsel on the drug. Uh, we basically tell the patient the instruction manual about this drug. We don't ever we don't ever make it fit with the patient. That's what patient centric is using a soap note, using subjective, objective information, uh, doing an assessment, um, finding out basically what's wrong with the patient. And then the plan is, is a, in, in the physicians, it's what drug they're going to prescribe. In my setting, it's what drug is prescribed plus what supplements, what other, uh, what other um, treatments can be incorporated. So that's what the, the, this whole process of, of centering around a patient, doing extensive counseling, not just on the drug, but making it fit for that patient. I, I look at it as every patient that walks in the door has a story. And we just need to make our part fit in their story. And when you do that, that that's when you do effective counseling and you do even more effective management of that patient with their medications and their supplements. When it becomes a part of their life, uh, not just being told, here, take this with food, take it till it's all gone, but why they're taking it, expecting what the outcome, what the result is. Uh, we have a thing called patient goal. And patient goal is, is, is different than a clinical goal. Clinical goals, let's get your blood pressure or cholesterol, blood sugar to normal levels. A patient goal is what they want. Well, oh, maybe wow. They, yeah, maybe they have, they don't want to use their inhalers because they have COPD but they want to be able to play with their grandkids without being winded. So that's their goal. So I view um, our role as pharmacists is to help that patient get to their goal. Isn't that interesting? Let's take a quick break and listen to a message from our sponsor. Hey, Pharmacy Crossroad listeners, this is Bruce Neeland, breaking in with a quick shout out to our major sponsor, the Compliant Pharmacy Alliance, or better known as CPA. The people, programs, and services at CPA are dedicated to the success of independent community pharmacy, and their sponsorship of this program is one way they demonstrate that commitment. And I'm proud to share with you one more way they do that. Recently, I was delighted to read a press release from the Community Pharmacy Enhanced Services Network, or CPESN, letting the industry know that CPA had just become the first national sponsor of the Flip the Pharmacy initiative. Wow, Pharmacy Crossroads is happy to share this news with you. You can learn more about the Compliant Pharmacy Alliance, or CPA, at compliantrx.com. Once again, that's compliantrx.com. 
Now back to our program. So I, I do want to take a sideways step here again and and uh, make a personal comment about how this visit to you in October occurred. Um, you know, many of my listeners the, will know that I've done a number of these pharmacy road trips. Actually, the one I did that brought me to you in October was my 12th. Um, the road trip concept is much more complicated than people think. I don't just get in the car and go visit people. Uh, I, I have to uh, find people who are doing things that are unique and interesting. I, economics require that I find a sponsor, and, and that's where Liberty Software stepped up and, and handled that. Then I have to ask people if I can come and bother them for a couple hours, and everybody doesn't always say yes to that. Um, but, you know, on this trip, I, I started with you in Dallas. I went up and saw Max Caldwell, who I've known for years in Arkansas. Then I was able to meet two new people who I had never met before. Um, Steve Hadley, who owns a really remarkable brand new start from scratch pharmacy in, in uh, uh, Tennessee. And then ended in, in South Carolina with a third generation pharmacy called Roche Drug with a, uh, the grandson of the founder who's just come into, into retail practice practice and working there. Um, and these stores were all pointed out to me by Vince and the Liberty Software people. And, and I guess the question I would want to ask Vince is, this was not an inexpensive undertaking. What, what did Liberty see or expect to uh, get by uh, being the sponsor of this road trip? Yeah, Bruce, um, when, this, uh, when you brought this opportunity to us, um, like you just said, it's not an easy feat and it seemed complicated. So the more we talked to you about it and, and how you like to do it, um, the more we got very interested in doing it. Um, this is our whole bread and butter life of existence is to support the independent pharmacist. That's our charge. We're still in, in We are still an independently owned company. And um, we took this as an opportunity to uh, one, um, let the rest of the industry hear what our current customers are doing, right? Like Dennis is talking today and what Max has done with his med syncing and his immunizations from not having to go to another platform kind of thing. Um, but it also is an opportunity uh, for other people who may not know about Liberty, you know, kind of hear about us and what we're doing as well to help support the independents and you know help them drive their profits and stuff. But that's the real motivator there. Um, and then uh, just the fact that a road trip sounded fun. We've never done a road trip before type of event like this. So, Well, it was fun. And again, thank you. So, Dennis, the hot button question. You're doing what I have people tell me all the across the country is impossible. Uh, you get people to schedule appointments and pay you for consultations and advice. Is that true? And what are some of the ways you get away with that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Bruce. That that is true. That's been one kind of one of my dreams is to um, take this basic patient counseling. Is I call it lecture style Obra ninety required counseling, and make that more into of uh, a conversation, a relate. But it's an easy way of saying relationship. Establish relationships with your patients, so where um, you're viewed more as a clinician. Um, and not only by your patients, but by the medical community too. So it really starts, it really started with the sign, science and nutritional consults, um, big sign over the counseling area. So that brought a lot of attention to it. 
I, what really, uh, I guess, made it take off was I do marketing and detailing to the physicians and, and oddly enough to other pharmacies and other pharmacists, just let them know, hey, this is what I do. And it was focused around the herbal and vitamin supplements, interactions with the medications, and it, it kind of grew into more of a, of a full-blown consultation, uh, finding out what the patient's goal is, like I said, getting medical history, looking at the labs. Um, so the, the patients pay for it um, because, number one, I think they want information, uh, but our roadblock is we, we've always given it away for free. You know, yes. pharmacists have always done that. And I'm kind of the worst. You all want to be nice guys. And when they ask, oh, how much is it? You know, first, my first instinct is, oh, no, don't worry about it. it there's no charge. Uh, my staff is the one that keeps me in line. They're the ones that say, you've been with that patient for 30 minutes. You, you got to, we have a sign actually that says um, X amount of consultation um, with the pharmacist, X amount of dollars. So we do have something that's set that the doctors know about, that's marketed. The big thing is I do uh, community talks to support groups, senior groups, whoever will listen, talk about the, the, you know, the value of pharmacists, but I kind of sneak in there that pharmacists know more than just about medications. They may not know exactly about the herbals and the vitamins, but they have the resources to find out. And, and so any pharmacist can do this. Um, it's kind of really just an enhancement on the, the basic counseling that we're taught. And it's, it's, it's getting that perception, that idea, because it's really foreign to, to the public that pharmacists can do more than just provide the medications and dispense. Uh, you know, we are the, probably the most underutilized health resource ever. Um, and, you know, what, what makes, I always joke around with my staff, what makes us the smartest people in the world is we don't know everything, but we know who to go to to find yeah. out. Well, I'm, I'm just going to point out a couple of things. So first of all, you've created some marketing materials that support it, starting with something as simple as a sign announcing that there was a charge available for something. You've certainly run a, a pharmacy that looks like it has the right to charge for something. It's a, a, a very attractive, uh, you know, moderate, moderately sized pharmacy, well stocked with nutritional supplements. Um the most amazing thing, and, and I don't know that you'll remember this, but when we met 20 years ago and I wrote an article on you, I was blown away by the moxie, the grit, the, the nerve you had it was after you left Tom Thumb Page and, and went across the street and opened up the pharmacy, you were still connected enough with the grocery operation that you actually did diabetes uh, education food tours through the grocery store and the grocery store gave you as i recall a 20 dollar gift certificate so that people could buy the diabetic friendly foods that you were advertising so you know there's there's a certain amount of just moxie that comes from this um you you told me when we visited uh about a very important um rookie mistake not to make about getting ahead of of with your patients getting ahead of your physicians. And as I recall the story, you had some early experiences where you sat down with the patient or whatever, and you kind of advised them what to do. And you weren't careful enough in doing that. So the patient immediately went back and told the doctor, hey, Dennis says you're crazy for prescribing this. Um, how do you avoid those problems now? 
Yeah, yeah, that 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 can't happen uh, because that's the worst thing you want to happen is do this consultation, and the patient goes back and says, "Well, you know, dentist thought that that wasn't the right drug to prescribe, and you, know, you should take this herbal supplement." So you have to. It's very foundational. It's relationship based. You start that relationship with the physicians. You you tell them what you're doing. In fact, what happens? I'm happening now. I'm getting referrals from physicians um, on nutritional related. Uh, um, issues. So they're referring patients to me. Whenever you refer a patient to a physician, you'll get about five to 10 referrals back to you that day, usually. Because wow. doctors aren't used to having pharmacists refer patients. Um, so it starts with that relationship. Number two, it starts with the clear understanding that the patient has when they leave that, hey, this is this has helped supporting basically the treatment plan or the care plan uh, that the doctors provide. The doctor I look at as the pilot, we're the co-pilot. And so I put, try to put it in, in terms like that so the patient understands that the doctor's still driving the ship. And, you know, we're just helping, you know, helping steer it a little bit. Uh, so it's communication with the patients and relationships with the doctor. And, and in order for those relationships, it's helpful to get out and go see them every once in a while, right? It is because we don't talk to them anymore. Uh, you know, and you, you can, well, the thing is that you, it, it, back in the day when you, you, you visited marketed doctors, uh, you competed with the drug companies. Now the drug yeah. companies, they, they, they don't market they, with this whole different way they market, but you still can't compete with the lunches they buy. So you got to be creative. Uh, maybe not go on the holidays, maybe go, um, in between the holidays, uh, you know, do something that, 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 uh, comes from the pharmacy like like we one time we we brought all the staff uh, with the multivitamin that we recommended and some healthy foods and healthy healthy snacks in a big basket well and that's a point of differentiation which tell us i mean you, you you certainly have to have confidence in the products that you source um i understand you're involved with a new company that you're excited about so tell us a little bit about this new company yeah, the, the big thing, uh, and this is an old term that's used, but it's the wild, wild west with the supplement industry, with the dietary nutritional supplements. Um, there have been news stories about, and the latest one was in New York about five years ago, where a children's melatonin contained 10 times the amount of melatonin it should have. So there's no real FDA regulation other than a 1994 uh, government act called the DeShea Act. Um, uh, that, that really regulates the supplements. So one of the things that I built my practice on was that um, the only supplements I carry are going to be the ones that I vetted, ones I researched, the ones that had quality control, quality assurance standards like a pharmaceutical company. And that's what this new company that um, I've had enough confidence in them to where I, I just endorse them because I know that that um, they use the same quality control and quality assurance testing and it's it, with the herbals it's really tough because you have to do three phases of testing anything that grows in the ground has to be tested for raw ingredient for contamination it has to be tested in the midpoint for processing and then tested in the very end for the end product um, with Medela, what i liked about them is it, it, basically the, the the two founders came from the pharmaceutical industry and um, they kind of got fed up with the FDA regulations, took their development research team and said, we can make supplements that are just like pharmaceuticals, but they're natural products. And that's what, that's what Modella has done. Um, so 
that's one of the things that as pharmacists that we, that's our expertise is, is we can do uh, critical assessments and analysis of drugs, medications, and we can do herbal supplements too. So with Medela, Medela Springs, correct. I mean, they have at this point, what, five or six products. I mean, these aren't just right. uh, classic vitamins and supplements. They're combinations no. of something, right? That's correct. Yeah, they're, they're, um, they, they targeted the, the central nervous system, one for sleep, uh, one for memory or cognition. Um, every, you know, one of the things they do I really liked is they do clinical trials, actual clinical trials and human trials on all the drugs. In fact, I'm involved in one uh, medication or as a supplement for to help support uh, ADD and ADHD. Um, so uh, that's it's interesting being in that clinical trial and enrolling people. Um, there, there is another one they're, they're gonna be releasing for acute anxiety. Um, and the, and the, the outcomes of the, the initial results on that have been really amazing. Um, so they're really laser focused on what the, the, you know what what the needs of the of the uh, the public is and will be, and they take input. Uh, so part of their board of directors are there's uh, two pharmacists that are on their board of directors. So and they have, they've got the ear and they they take a they vested interest in independent pharmacy. Uh, so they're interested they're interested in what we have to say. Well, that's great. So listen, we're running out of time here. Vince, uh, any last word that you want to offer up? And then Dennis, the same to you. And then I'll kind of close this thing out. Uh, yeah, sure. I do appreciate the opportunity, Bruce, participating with you on this um, road trip. Um, and of course, then this follow-up podcast. Um, I would say probably one of the biggest takeaways is that with from Liberty's perspective is from the last year and a half is um, COVID's taught us one thing, it's platforms like us need to be patient facing more. And uh, we've done a lot of work on our patient communication built into the platform. Um, our next step is to roll out um, an app, a consumer app that is on the level of Walgreens and CVS. So they give all the independents the uh, an equal footing when they communicate with their patients. Cause a lot of these younger people want those kind of uh, apps and stuff. Um, and so our whole goal is, you know, to still supply a platform that's flexible enough for the different type of operations, but, um, you know, still give you the features, you know, that you need there. So well, thank you for that. And Dennis, yeah. can people still make money in independent pharmacy? You know, Bruce, I'm glad you brought that up because it's all a change in the mindset of the pharmacist and the pharmacist owner. Um, we've always been product centric. We've always, you know, looked at the reimbursement, the rebates. Now we're now we're confronted with DIR fees, and it's all based on the prescriptions. Now, now, granted, 80, 90 percent plus of our revenue is generated from this the shrinking uh, gross margin product, but we've we've got to switch our mindset to being product centric to more patient centric, and that's what patient centric is. It's the patient is the revenue generator, not the drug. They may come in for the medication. In fact, half the people who come in my pharmacy don't even know we're a regular pharmacy. Uh, they think we're a specialty compounding pharmacy. They think we're an, an, an herbal uh, uh, health food store. And that, you know that's okay. It gives us an opportunity to have a conversation with that patient, tell them about all the services that we do and generate revenue. And so the revenue we generate uh, off of, to give you an example, because you know, I know pharmacists like hard numbers, um, pre-COVID, 
2017, 2018, even 19, our consultations, whether they were pharmaceutical herbal consultations that I do or the nutritionist, the weight loss program that she was doing was about 25,000, which didn't seem like a much. That was out of pocket patient. The patient paid that. But from that, the supplement sales were about 10 times that, about 250,000. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So our goal now is to, to really enhance that and even double that. When you think about the gross profit, it's at least 50% gross on that $250,000. So, and that what an unexpected um, benefit that I found out with not only did it increase the supplement sales, it increased just the regular traditional over the counter HBC items, things you buy from the wholesaler. Um, because people, once they, you know, they, they want information and they want a trusted source and they want a trusted product. Um, and Amen. if left, if left up to themselves, they're going to, they're going to rely on whoever they're going to, if the, they're going to scour the shelves and, and, and look for the best marketing. You know, and amen to that. And, you know, the, the thing that I have said for 15 years now, as we've talked more and more about cognitive services that pharmacists need to understand is people pay for health care out of pocket all the time. Um, they pay for massage therapy. They pay to join yoga classes. They pay to join Weight Watchers. You know, they, they pay for this stuff all the time. And um, what better person to help provide those kinds of things than a pharmacist who can mix it in with a lot more, uh, you know, health education and coordination. So my hat's off to you, Dennis. Uh, thank you so much for well, being you. part of this program and, and for being a friend for a number of years. And uh, with that, I'm going to say thanks to everybody who's listened today. This is Bruce Neeland with Pharmacy Crossroads and have a great day. Our thanks goes out to the Compliant Pharmacy Alliance Cooperative, or CPA, for sponsoring this episode of Pharmacy Crossroads. Their goal in doing so is to provide pharmacy owners, CPA members or not, with information they can use to be more successful. You can learn more about CPA by visiting their website at www.compliantrx.com. Once again, that is www.compliantrx.com. Thanks for listening to Pharmacy Crossroads. If you're interested in talking with Bruce, please contact the show. Visit PharmacyCrossroads.com. We look forward to hearing from you.